Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hold on. Have you seen this? Okay, wait. Now, now show them. Okay, stop. Okay, just, you get, you get the heck out. No, wait, now show them again. Look at that. Are you killing me right now with this? I'm dying. Look at that. Did you see this? And then on the other side. Incredible. Isn't that something? Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. It is coffee time. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory. And to my left, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo. Ayo. And over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer. It might be wine o'clock for him, all I know. Yeah, still coffee o'clock. Oh, okay. But, uh, it's coming. What's up, wine J.D.? Wine o'clock coming. Hello, hello, hello. Hello to everybody. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button and subscribe all you podcast listeners leave your boys a five-star rating and review let's get no dunks a little higher in the rankings on the pods as we get closer to the start of the nba season make sure you check out monday and tuesday's podcasts we're still here uh eastern conference over-unders we did that on monday western conference over-unders we did that on tuesday Going through every single team in the association, looking at their win totals by way of BetMGM, leaning one way or the other for each team, and then locking in a couple at the end, which we immediately regretted as we went off the air. Do you Ooh. have any serious regrets? I'm getting some blowback from my Raptors friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, doing a bit of a swerve, maybe a reverse jinx on uh, on an under, on a very low line that we talked about. But no, otherwise I'm good. <laughs> I'm going 30 for 30 this year. Excellent. Uh, yeah, it's a, it hurts to go under on your favorite team. It does. It does. Uh, but that's okay. I'm regretting going over on the Bulls. So, you know, it works both ways. That's right. That's right. All right. On today's podcast, though, we are looking at NBA awards. We're making our predictions. We got a lot to do because we're even including the clutch player of the year. Remember that? That's a new award. Darren Fox won <laughs> the first forget. one. There's odds on it and everything, and we got some fun ones at the end. But let's start with the granddaddy of them all, the MVP. 23-24 season, coming by way of Bet MGM. Our odds, Jokic is the favorite, plus 450. Giannis A, <laughs> his last name is too long to fit on the graphic, uh, plus 550. And we got Luka. Plus 600. This guy's usually the preseason favorite for MVP. It was like three years running, I think. Uh, Tatum plus 700. And Joel Embiid plus 800. Trey Kirby, call your shot. Who's winning MVP? It doesn't have to be from a name on our board here. Uh, And we can also do dark horse picks. That's always fun too. But like, who is your actual favorite to win MVP this season? Great question. Uh, I'm glad you included the A for Giannis. Just in case... Could accidentally get him confused for the other Giannis's in the league. <laughs> right. But uh, with the A there, we know we're talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, this is interesting, Skeets. I might go sicko mode, go for Luka Doncic once again. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it like <laughs> every year. Four just years. keep running it back. Get convinced every single time. Uh, no, looking at the list here, two names stick out to me. Nikola Jokic as the favorite. I think it's pretty interesting. Maybe some regret skis with regards to how the way the vote went last season. Joel Embiid surging in front, winning MVP basically uh, on the strength of his last month and a half in the league. Or the last month and a half of the season, which led to the Nuggets winning the championship. Jokic looking unstoppable and the finals MVP. He also doesn't have a super buzzy name as his second star. Obviously, Jamal Murray had a major coming out party in the NBA Finals last year. uh, But I don't think he has quite the stature that a Damian Lillard has alongside Giannis. So you could almost say that Jokic is coming in shorthanded compared to some of these other players in the top uh, five for MVP odds. I don't think Embiid has a chance of winning the MVP this season. I think uh, voters will not want to give it to him. 
So looking at the odds, the best bet and my choice for MVP this season, Jason Tatum. Wow. Plus 700. I think the Celtics are going to be really good. They've been really good for the past five seasons, basically since Tatum showed up alongside uh, Jalen Brown. The personnel has changed a little bit. Marcus Smart out. Drew Holiday in. Chris Stapps Porzingis in as well. Looks like it's going to be an offense-focused team, which is kind of how Joe Mazzula coaches. Uh, I assume the Celtics are going to be at the top of the Eastern Conference, first or second. I assume Tatum will continue to be their star, and I think he has continued to separate himself from Jalen Brown. Ain't no question about whose team this is and who the lead star on the Celtics is. So give me Tatum heading into the season. Yeah, the MVP almost always, almost always, comes from a top three seed uh, in either conference. That's why I can sort of like cross out Luka uh, this year. I don't think the Mavericks are going to be all that high, which is why you're picking a star player, obviously on a team that is projected to be near the top of the standings, again, in either conference. I am torn between Jokic and Giannis. It feels like we're just at a point with these guys that it's going to be one or the other. Uh, Who has the better record? Obviously, the stats will be there. I wonder, when it comes to the actual people that vote on this, do you think the way Jokic goes about his... NBA job <laughs> and how it's almost like a nuisance and like there's already a clip going around today uh, him sitting on the sidelines looking at his phone and you're like wow I wonder what he's looking at maybe like some plays they're going to sure. be running maybe the opposition Jamal Murray sides over and he's like no I'm looking at horses <laughs> he's like betting on horses he's a horse scout who but plays he, basketball he obviously <laughs> leans into this ho-hum, I just go about my business, I don't really care all that much, I don't care about MVPs, you know, he obviously wants to win championships, I mean, he cares that enough, but uh, do you think, like, that that does hurt him, like, this idea that the guy can maybe have a triple-double, which he almost had last year, for a season, one of the best teams in the league, I know there was maybe fatigue, because he had won a couple, but, like, do people want to give him a vote to the guy that's like almost like I don't even try and I don't really care? Do you know that's I, I know that sounds strange, but I wonder if that plays in the minds of some of these voters. Surely it does play in the minds of some of these voters, but he won back-to-back MVPs yeah. and then finished second last year, so obviously not that big of a deal. And when you compare it to Giannis's general attitude towards the award, it's not that dissimilar, except for Giannis's always talking about hard work and Jokic is always talking about horses. Horses. Those are the only difference, (laughs) but they all talk, they both talk about not caring about the individual awards, which is easy to say when you already have two, uh, two MVPs and multiple other uh, accolades as well. So I don't think people hold it against Jokic. If anything, they hold it, in favor of Jokic. They're like, look, this guy doesn't even want it. We're giving it to him anyways. Yeah, sucker. in spite. <laughs> yeah. Give it to your horse yeah. for all we care. Yeah, there's. Uh, I saw it just going around this morning. The last five years for Jokic and Giannis, I mean, they're like, they're the Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other in terms of like accolades. Yeah. Five times All-Stars in these last five years. Five time All-NBA. Okay. They've got the two MVPs within that same window. They've got the championship and they've got the finals MVP. Giannis has a DPOI and, uh, you know, Jokic has a, a Western Conference uh, <laughs> finals <laughs> MVP. Uh, but it's very, cool. very similar. I guess if I'm picking between the two, I am going to go with Giannis. But, man, I <laughs> it's Tatum's a great pick. I mean, who's going to have the best record? Could it come down to that? Which it, it sometimes could. does. All the stats on these guys will be... Flirting with the 30-point-per-game mark. Obviously, rebounding for Giannis and Jokic. Huge you know, assists for these other guys. Like, yo, Jokic more than the other two. But they're just, like, through the roof, the numbers. So it's like, is is there a team that separates themselves from the pack and is closer to a 60-win team than maybe a lot of these other that we think might be 55 or so? If a team does, and it's one of these uh, top three, either being Jokic, Giannis, or Jason Tatum on the Celtics, that's probably who ends up winning it. Uh, but looking at... What, the last three MVPs haven't come from a one seed, have they? Sixers were not a one seed last year. The year prior, the Nuggets were a sixth seed, right? When Jokic won his second one. Right. They might have been. Were they the second seed? His first MVP season? I don't necessarily remember on that one. But you don't have to necessarily be a one seed when the standings are really close. That's a good point. But uh, Giannis is a good pick because I messaged Tass this morning to ask him who he thinks is going to win MVP. He's got the last two right. He says Big G. Okay. This year, so wow. You're riding with Maybe a hot hand. Lay some coin there. Tassie has been calling his shots when it comes to MVPs over the last couple of years. Okay, I will side with Tass. I'll go Giannis. You go Tatum. Dark horse pick? Further down the board? Who a lot of like? dark horses out there because I don't see Devin Booker on the top five MVP odds. 
He's playing with Kevin Durant and now Bradley Beal as well, so yep. that probably hurts his chances. Uh, but if you're talking about a team that could really distance themselves from the field, if things click perfectly for the Suns, uh, they could go for 60 wins. Mm-hmm. They could be the one seed in the Western Conference. And I don't know. It's hard to tell. Would the votes go towards Devin Booker or Kevin Durant? Probably depends on who ends up playing more games. But it feels, at the very least, still like Booker's team since he's the only guy around uh, from their 21 finals appearance. I like that for plus 2,000 Booker as an MVP pick. But yeah, you you said it. A lot of things have to go right for him to actually win it. Um, He did finish fourth in MVP voting. In 21-22, they won a lot of games. That was the franchise best, 64 games. But last season, he still averages 28 Five and a half, four and a half in 53 games. He was banged up a little bit. But the Suns would have to have the number one record, I think, and maybe clear a lot of these other teams by a substantial margin. Call it five, six games, whatever. I think KD and or Beal would have to, like, miss some time. Probably. Booker would have to have, and he could, a couple, like, game winners under his belt. Uh, you know, like those final shots that maybe get them the victory. And he would need to flirt, I think, Booker to win this thing, to win MVP, with, like, the 50-40-90 club, right? Yeah. He shot 49% from the floor last year, so that's definitely doable. He's had two seasons in his career where he shot 38% from three, so he's somewhat close to that 40% mark. And he's a career 87% free throw shooter. I think one year he has gone over 90. I feel like that would have to be a part of this equation here. 50-40-90, Katie misses some time, they win 60 games, and then maybe Booker gets it. But I think those other guys on that first list, Giannis... Tatum, Jokic, it's tough to pick somebody else and be no way. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's going to be tough. I can't see that happening. Uh, any, anyone else you want to throw some love at? I mean, even darker horses? We're talking then a sure. plus 2,000? Sure. The, the, the two I added last to my lists were Donovan Mitchell and Jimmy Butler. Whoa, yeah. I mean, those are deep, deep polls. It would have to be surprise number one seeds from either of those teams, whether it be the Cavs or the Heat. You know, Mitchell made it to All-NBA last season. He's obviously the leader of that team. So, I don't know if he's at, like, 30 per game and they somehow win 60. Sure. If the Heat uh, outperform expectations during the regular season. And, I mean, we've seen them have the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. It's possible. uh, But it just doesn't feel like they care about that that much. It doesn't feel like Jimmy Butler cares to get to 65 games played. I don't know if that'll even happen. Uh, But, sure, uh, sprinkles there. Okay. Let's move on to most improved player, 23-24. BetMGM has the odds like this. Mikhail Bridges, plus 1,000. Cade Cunningham, plus 1,200. Tyrese Maxey, plus 1,300. Same number there as Austin Reeves. And then Jordan Poole cracking our top five at plus 1,400. This is always a difficult one. Mm -hmm. Most improved player, where are you leaning? I mean, Mikhail Bridges averaged 26 a game with the Nets last year when he came over after the Kevin Durant trade. If he scores 26 a game, he's probably making the all-star game. Oh, yeah. And if that's the case, he's probably going to win MIP. So you're saying he almost doesn't need to improve on what he did with the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> right. He just need to, he needs to sustain that for a full season, and maybe they surprise you know, some people out there and are above 500 or something like that. Or at least challenging for 500. I yeah. don't even think they have to finish over 500, but be better than expected and be an all-star caliber player. It's not dissimilar to Lowry Markkinen winning it last year with the Utah Jazz. He was like a 25-point-per-game score. The Jazz were competitive, surprisingly, throughout the season. Yeah. They made a run at 500. Um, and similar to Markkinen, a little a little similar to Markkinen, this is a new situation for Mikhail Bridges. We've seen it, unfortunately, for a third of a season last year, which maybe hurts him. But I think the new situation eh, probably factors into things. And honestly, people probably aren't going back and looking at the splits for Mikhail Bridges. They'll just go look and see that he scored like 18 a game last year. Like, oh, that's that's pretty good. But 26 is really good. Okay, so you like him as the pick here? Do you think he can do it? I guess is the question. I like him as the favorite, but he wouldn't be my pick. Okay, Uh, my pick would be Franz Wagner, and he's not even on this list. He had a great uh, FIBA World Cup with Germany winning there. I think the Magic will take a minor step forward. I think they will at least be, uh, you know, similar to last year's Jazz, a competitive team. I don't know if they make it to the play-in tournament, but I think they'll be competitive throughout the season. Paolo has a Rookie of the Year under his belt. It will be tough to go Rookie of the Year, followed by Most Improved. I think that's tough. But I could see Franz getting to 20 points per game, 22, something like that. And if that's the case, he's in the mix for me. Okay, I like that. That's a great one. Uh, I'm going to go with Desmond Bain at plus 3,000. 
as uh, as my pick and I guess sort of my dark horse pick as well. But this would be weird because back in 2022, John Morant won most improved. And if I remember correctly, he gifted the trophy, the <laughs> yes, hardware, yes to Desmond Bain, who uh, also had a great year and was maybe in the running for MIP. Uh, Bain already average, averages 21-5-4. Those are good numbers, but he only played 58 games last year. But no John Morant for 25 games at the start. All eyes sort of on Bain there as the lead guy. I think those numbers could go up. I think they will go up. He's a guy that, just like Booker, when we talked about MVP, he could flirt with a 50-40-90 uh, efficiency oh, yeah. line. He's he's that great. So I like the narrative there with no jaw if they sort of come out of the gate hot and he's their sort of go-to guy. He would maybe then, in theory, make an all-star team. To win this, it feels like you almost got to jump to the all-star level. Yep. Uh, so that's what would happen in Bane winning this. But uh, it would be funny if he were to actually win the award. Would he then give the one back? That Jaw won and gave to him. <laughs> would he keep both? Would he give his MIP to John Morant? I mean, it could get com- confusing, but I like Desmond Bain as my I think that's MIP. a solid pick, and I think if he were to win it, he should give his to John Morant because the opportunity will be part of the reason right? why Desmond Bain wins it because uh, you're getting to show <laughs> your skills early in the season. Like, wow, this guy can be a number one. We would have never known if not for John Morant. <laughs> so, yeah, trade him. Uh, swap it for each other, and, you know, you get to put something on your fireplace. It's yeah. so exciting. Yeah, right there on the man. Uh, anyone else? Because this really is, of all the awards, the what about this guy? Oh, there's a lot of guys. Because you can just like, you, you can pick, you can go through every team almost and be like, oh yeah, 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 this is the year, the breakout for this player. He'll be in the running for MIP. Is there anyone else you want to show some love to? I think Austin Reeves is going to have a solid yeah. narrative here. He came off the bench for the majority of last season. He's probably going to be starting. His points are going to go up, and he's going to look good uh, playing alongside yeah. LeBron and AD. Uh, Jonathan Kuminga, I think if you were judging based solely on preseason. He's got to be in the mix here. Uh, the Warriors need something from their young guys, and Kuminga looks like he could be a scorer, even though they want him to be a rebounder more than anything. And I know this sounds crazy, Skeets. Okay. What about Dylan Brooks as a potential most Whoa, improved Whoa, that's, that's a little too crazy. Okay. I think I, strike it from the record. Wow. Wow. Nah, no. <laughs> I was told he was going to China. This year, <laughs> oh, yeah, <it's> <laughs> yeah. This guy was out of the league three months ago, even though he was under contract. I mean, I would love to see Dylan Brooks win the award and in the presentation hit like silver in the nuts <laughs> or something like that. You know, really lean into his sort of vibe. Uh, a lot of uh, other names popping up here in the stream team. People want Cam Thomas in the mix. Tyus Jones maybe as a starter there in Washington, though he's playing with Poole. Um, Schroeder, sure. Giddy, maybe. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys what you about can pick this from. Guy? Okay, but ultimately, <laughs> for the record, you are going with... Franz uh, Wagner. Franz Wagner, yeah, yeah. thank you. Sorry, I'd forgotten there. And I'm going to go Desmond Bain. Sixth man of the year. The odds for this one. Emmanuel Quickly, plus 700 on the Knicks. Derek White at plus 800. I, I think he might be starting for the Boston Celtics, <laughs> yeah. so be wary of that one. Uh, Norman Powell, plus 1,000. Malik Monk with the Kings, plus 1,200. And then Bobby Portis, uh, also plus 1,200. Sixth man of the year, Trey. What do you got? Well, I picked Spencer Dinwiddie last year. He started every game <laughs> for the two Whoops. teams he played for, so I'm going with Derek White this year. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I'm not that dumb, but this is an uninspiring crop. This is the worst award we got going, Skeets. Yeah. Sixth man of the year. The candidates aren't all that exciting no, right now. No, I don't know who's going to win. I kind of lean Al Horford. I he mean, came off the bench last night. He, he should be coming off the bench. Yeah. He's still a good player. I think he will probably, if he continues uh, to be a reserve for the Celtics, he's like a sixth starter. He's going to close a lot of games. He'll probably still shoot... 40 to 45 percent from three and just look like a grown-up out there big guys don't win (laughs) six man of the year all that often low scoring guys don't win six man of the year all that often but Malcolm Brogdon wasn't the leading scorer off the bench in the NBA last season so maybe there's a pathway here for Al Horford to be the guy but yeah I don't know I couldn't get really excited about any of these five in the top of the odds yeah Horford did come off the bench in a preseason game. I think Celtics head coach Joe Mazzulla is talking or acknowledging that, hey, we're going to have different starting lineups yep. throughout the season. So that that's why it's like, ooh, like is Drew Holiday starting every game? If he was coming off the bench, he'd be a great pick. Sure. Same with Derek White, but he might be starting. 
And then, yeah, you're left with Al Horford. It's like, but like, what's the percentage of games he's even starting? I, I like the pick if he does come off the bench, for sure. Like, if they really lean into that and lock that in. Because he'll be ending games, likely, uh, as one of their best uh, defensive players. But I'm not going to overthink. I, I'm torn between quickly and, uh, and Monk. I'm, I like both of those guys. Monk had an awesome year with the Kings. He averaged 13.5 points, 4 assists. Two and a half rebounds. He only played 22 minutes a game. His numbers went up in the postseason. I think he was averaging like 19 points per game. His efficiency sort of fell off a cliff there. Uh, but he's a he's a safe bet here because you know he's coming off the bench. I, he's not starting on this on this team on the Sacramento team. All of his uh, appearances last year, 77 games, were off the bench. So there's that. Because quickly, the thing with him, his stats got a little inflated mm-hmm. after the All Star break. He averaged 21 points per game. Really, really good. He started 11 of those 22, so he split the difference there. But what will be the percentage of him coming off the bench? I guess I'm, I think he he won't be starting. You know, they got a lot of wings, guards there. I think he'll come off the bench more than not. And then he'll start a bunch of games, which will help his stats, but yeah. no one ever like does the deep dive like no you one said. No does the deep dive. I'll go quickly. I'll pick him. But, yeah, you're right. You look at that list. You're like, what are we doing with this award? <laughs> what happened to Lou Williams, man? <laughs> uh, we, we, yeah, we miss our Lou's and our Jamal's, I guess, when it comes to this. Uh, Norman Powell, didn't he lead the the league in bench scoring I last think so, year? yeah. He got some votes last year, but ultimately didn't win. It went to Brogdon, yeah. Yeah, and I guess, you know, Norman Powell, kind of similar to Quickly in that, like, he had to play a ton because we've talked about a lot the Clippers have yeah. reliability issues. So he'll have a chance, uh, I think. What do you think about Chris Paul? As a potential sixth man of the year, I know it's going to be different because he's going to be starting early in the year with uh, Draymond recovering from injury, but I don't know. Bill think... Walton won a sixth man of the year once upon a time. You think Chris Paul is going to have enough games where he comes off the bench? I don't. This guy's never come off the bench in his career. That's a good point. First off, like 1,200-plus yeah. games, he's never come off the bench. You said the Draymond part there. Yeah, he's going to be starting, at least what we've seen in preseason. I mean, it's on the board, but I no. I, I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't go with him. All right. Uh, how about Nas Reed? <laughs> uh, t- center. Look, I mean, tough for a big guy. You said it. Yeah. Like, I mean, Bobby Portis is really good in his bench role. He made a good run at it last year. He did, but yeah, it's it's difficult for the big guys. I mean, who's like Montrez Harrell comes to mind. Yeah. 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 A couple years ago, but no, there's not many. No. So no, I can't get, I can't go with Nas Reed. All right. Last one I got to ask you about. What about Spencer Dinwiddie? <laughs> You think this is the year? <laughs> Probably not. Ben Simmons, he's been balling in preseason. Maybe he comes and starts as the point guard. Spencer's got to come off the bench. No. 20 a game. How many games? Come on. What's, yeah, what's the over-under on how many games Dinwiddie even comes off the bench? I mean, I'd set the line low. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, 10 under 10, probably. Yeah, I was going to say, that's probably even a dumb line. No, don't take Dinwiddie again. I know what you were thinking. <laughs> but he started every game. Yeah, I was thinking he's going to come off the bench, and he did it. That was the problem. That was the main hole in my six-man-of-the-year case for Spencer Dinwiddie, because I think he would have won it. Wouldn't you sort of like to see a coach along with the player, like, really screw with this award? Sure. Like, Tatum, Giannis, whoever, Jamal Murray. Like, pick whatever, like, great player. Mm-hmm. And just go to the coach and be like, ah, don't start me. Just sum me in. In the first 30 seconds. <laughs> Just so it shows up in the box score that I didn't start. And then, like, Tatum's averaging 30 points per game and everyone's got it. Like, we, their hands would be forced. Like, they would have to pick them. They for, would have to. You'd have to. But there would be such an uproar. It'd be great. Uh, Somebody's got to do that. It would be uh, it would be Ben Simmons versus Donovan Mitchell all over again. And whoever finished second would come in wearing a sweatshirt that said, sixth man of the year, I'm a real reserve yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the yeah. definition <laughs> isn't just coming off the bench, it's living on the bench. <laughs> Who's going to do it? Who's going to have the balls to actually really screw with this award? Well, you mentioned it. LeBron came off the bench one game last <laughs> year. LeBron like, should what? do it. I what? That was weird. <laughs> I totally forgot that. But, yeah, maybe he's the guy. He never was able to get that defensive player of the year. That he all that he wanted so badly in the mid 2010s. How about get a six man of the year for no reason at wow. the end of your career? Yeah, I mean, it's like when you really think about it, it's sort of a cooler way to enter a game. It's it's more <laughs> fanfare. Like all eyes are on you. Like they do this when you sub a guy off. True. To like, hey, give him the applause, man. What a big game, 40 point game, triple double. Hey, let's just sub him off and let everybody clap it up. Just flip it on its head and like you start. That's amazing. Most of these guys want to, but like. 
there's four other guys. I mean, what, if you're the one guy <laughs> still coming, you know, getting up, taking off the suit, walking over to the, the you know the scoreboard there or the check-in, that's cool. That is cool. Uh, I think they could go even further though, like have the public address announcer basically do another starting lineup, but only for the sixth man. That way, it's just oh, as much yeah. of an honor as you know, getting your name screamed and getting to do a cool handshake. Okay, somebody is going to really screw with this award one day, but right <laughs> now, I'm taking quickly, and you are taking. Who am I taking? That's a good point. Uh, give Al me, Horford. I uh, yeah. Yeah, give me Al Horford. Why not? Oh, Why not? I'll yeah. go Horford. Okay. All right. Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, a whole lot more awards to predict. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. The stream team seems to be liking our idea of uh, an organization, a player slash coach, sort of screwing with the sixth man and bringing a superstar off the bench yeah, just to really mess with everyone. Uh, a lot of people like LeBron doing it to really cement his legacy. <laughs> With a sixth man of the year trophy. Jordan never did it. Never. LeBron could have that on him if he wanted to. Uh, And then Half-Life Heroes, I think, picked the right guy to actually implement this. Jimmy Butler. He loves screwing with things. Like, look at all these photoshops, or excuse me, uh, photo shoots that he messes with at the start of the year. Couldn't you see Jimmy? Just being like, yeah, let's do this. Make sure you put my emo picture in the <laughs> Hall of Fame yeah. <laughs> next to my sixth man of the year trophy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so good stuff here. John Schumann says, reserves definitely have a better opportunity to dramatically remove their tearaway pants. That's what I was talking uh, about. Yeah, that's true. You make more of a show. Like somebody else said, like, it's like, oh, these guys need me in here. I mean, it's like a closer <laughs> coming out of the pen. Like drop the lights, play some Metallica or something. LeBron pops up. Jimmy pops up. This is I love I love this. Uh, Six man of the year just stands at the scorers table the whole time, like just <laughs> smirking. <laughs> Seriously, these guys looking at his watch. Uh, I'll come save you. All right, more awards to predict here. Let's go with rookie of the year. The odds by way of BetMGM. Victor Wembanyama plus one two five. Yes, the odds are that he is going to win this thing. Scoot Henderson plus three hundred. Chet Holmgren, who yes is technically a rookie. Uh, plus 300 as well. Brandon Miller, plus 1,400. And then Amen Thompson, plus 3,500. So uh, quite a difference here between uh, the three guys and then the rest of the field. Rookie of the year, it really is it, is it, is it Victor, Chet, or Scoot, I think is what we're getting at. Where are you going? Definitely feels like a three-man race. And, I mean, looking at the odds, Victor Wembanyama as the rookie of the year, favorite by the biggest favorite, on the board, all right? Like, there ain't anybody else that's going to be a plus 125. So, it's going to be tough for anybody uh, to beat Victor. I think it's going to be tough for anybody to finish in the top three besides Victor, Scoot, and Chet. But I've been saying it all summer long, Skeets. I'm swerving. I'm going with Chet Holmgren yeah. to win Rookie of the Year. You're not alone. A lot of people are thinking it, too. And after what we've seen in preseason, and that, that team being maybe very good, That's a help. part of it. That's yeah. a part of it. The team is going to be... Better. Oklahoma City is going to be better than San Antonio is. I think what Chet is bringing specifically to the Thunder is going to look great because everybody's like, they need a center. They need uh, some outside shooting, and those are two of his strengths. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty polished offensively. It looks like he already plays like a modern center, whereas Victor is figuring some things out. You know, you hear Greg Popovich talking about, is he a five? Is he a four? Is he even a three? I don't necessarily know that. I think he's a three, but what do I know? Greg Popovich, pretty smart guy. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go with Chet. I'll regret this one later because Victor will more than likely win it. Uh, but somebody's got to swear about here. Well, the the case against Weminyama is the playing 65 games. I don't think it matters for rookies. <gasps> I'd forgotten about yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's true. That's sneaky sneaky, isn't it? Yeah. Is that true? Doesn't matter. That's the one award. I they think don't so. care. Yeah. Okay. Well. Oh, then, man. Then it's very difficult to pick against him because if he's like whatever, 60, 61, 62 games played, uh, I think the stats are going to be there. Man, the buzz is going to be there. People, they sometimes like they want to give it to that type of guy too. I feel like the voters. Um, but Chet's a great pick. Uh, 
man, I didn't know that. I didn't know that with the 65 games that. on the rookie. I like that. I also was going to say something else. Oh, a reason for Chet. Didn't Blake Griffin win a rookie of the year after missing a year because of a foot injury? Yeah. Ben Simmons, you already talked about it. Same thing with him. Did not play that first year and, you know, is around the team and then gets to play and Donovan Mitchell's all pissed. Like, hey, come on. This guy's not <laughs> a, a real, real rookie. rookie. He's already been around the team and all that. So that's a great case for Chet Holmgren uh, at plus 300. I, I like it. I will, now knowing that fact that you just said, I'm going to go Weminyama. Uh, I won't overthink it. I think the stats could be pretty sexy there on that Spurs team, which is, you know, we think going to be bad. That doesn't matter when it comes to ROI. But what about a dark horse pick? Who do you got? I mean, I know. Scoot Henderson, I guess. Like, (laughs) we haven't talked about him yet. And I don't think the (laughs) Trailblazers are going to be very good. There's still question marks of if Scoot's going to be, like, the lead ball handler since Simons is around, uh, obviously. But... It doesn't seem realistic to me that anybody else outside of the top three even is making a run at this. What about Jaime Jaquez Jr. at plus 10,000? <laughs> on FanDuel, at least. <laughs> I can't say uh, BetMGM even has him on the board. But here's why. I mean, here's why, in all honesty. Okay. He's, he is older. He's 22. So he does have more experience than some of these very, very young players uh, coming into the league. Miami, he's in the right spot. Sure. To be folded in to Spoh's system and contribute right away. You don't have to be just an undrafted guy. You can be a drafted guy <laughs> and suddenly be contributing and getting minutes and opportunity and, and maybe putting up some uh, stats there to help them succeed. And there is a bit of a role here for him with, you know, Struess specifically going and, you know, Gabe Vincent obviously in, in shooting and scoring. Jaime Hawkins Jr. as a very, very, very dark horse pick in Rookie of the Year. Put a dollar on it. <laughs> Put one dollar. could win you 10000 Yeah, it's unlikely that it's going to going to be anyone else i guess the thompson twins uh, i'm excited to see if if uh one of them at least for a month or two could be in the conversation i think it's in play it'd be fun to see them in the conversation yeah. but i feel like both of their teams have a lot of ball handlers yeah which is going to make it tough for them to get uh the opportunity that they would need um i would finish. pick i would pick amen over a cert if i had to pick one of the other to be in a rookie of the year race for 8 weeks that's a tough call yeah. that's a pretty tough call i almost feel like i would go with sir oh interesting uh just because fred van vliet is there in houston and they paid him a lot of money to handle the ball yeah. you know dylan brooks ain't going to be passing yeah. but i went and looked at uh blake griffin's rookie of the year season just to remember who finished second okay you remember who finished second jeez no um no, I don't. John Wall finished second. He oh. was the number one pick yeah. uh, that year, followed by DeMarcus Cousins. And then in fourth, Landry Fields, a 22-year-old rookie. Jaime Jaquez Jr. Wow. You can finish fourth. <laughs> okay. You can easily finish fourth. Jaime Jaquez Jr. will be on the all-rookie team, first or second. <laughs> nice. I called it last year with J-Dub. I'm yeah, calling yeah, it yeah. with Jaquez Jr. here. Uh, all right. Defensive player of the year. Defense. Defense. Jaron Jackson Jr. is the favorite, plus 550. He won it last year. We got Mobley there at plus 700. Uh, Giannis A, not Giannis B, uh, plus 700. Anthony Davis, plus 850. And Bam Adebayo at plus 1,000. Oh, man. What do you do when it comes to DPOI, and who do you like? What are Victor Wembanyama's odds? I don't have him in front of me. I don't know. No rookie has ever won Defensive Player of the Year. Wow. But but this guy plays defense like we haven't seen, Skeets. Yeah. He's all over the place. He's got the blocks. He's got the go-go gadget arms on, on He's going to have steals. crazy numbers uh, defensively. Wow. Like It's not out of the realm of possibility. He leads the league in blocks. Uh, it's hard for wow. a rookie to be great defensively, just learning the yes. speed of the game. I mean, he could get in foul trouble so quick. These guys are smart. They're big. They're fast. Yeah. But, yeah, okay. Here's a bold prediction for you. I think Victor Wembanyama is going to lead the league in fouling three-point shooters. His legs are just too long. <laughs> his legs are so long, man. <laughs> oh, interesting. People are going to be jumping into his legs like crazy. Uh, but as for my pick, Defensive Player of the Year, plus 1,000, Bam Adebayo. Guys do to win Defensive Player yeah. of the Year. He's widely recognized as one of the best defensive players in the league, and most of the other best defensive players in the league already have a Defensive Player of the Year trophy. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. got his last season. I think Bam is the guy this year. Yeah, okay, back to Victor. I mean, again, he's a rookie, so it's very unlikely him winning DPOY. It's never happened, as you said. Uh, also, the Spurs were the worst 
defensive team in the league yeah. last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Now you could say, well, that actually is in his favor of helping him win. It. What, what if they're suddenly uh, flirting with a top 10 defensive rating? Sure. And he's a big reason why. So, okay, I can squint and see it. But, yeah, they were dead last. That's why you look at those teams. That's why Mobley's there, right? That's why Giannis is there. That's why um, Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, the Cavs, the Grizzlies, the Celtics, the Bucks. These were the best defensive teams mm-hmm. in the league. Your Bulls uh, were the fifth best. Yeah, where's Vooch at on here? Yeah, where's Vooch, huh? baby? Uh, so that's why it's uh, you want to like stick around those teams. I sort of think Jaron Jackson Jr. might repeat because that also happens with this award. Yeah, they're yeah, just like, yeah. well, well, they're still a great defensive team. Grizzlies should be. You know, Smart is there now. I know they lose Brooks, but he will. Uh, he'll still obviously rack up. His stats. Can he, you know, maybe plays even a little bit more and and sort of uh, takes care of all that fouling that he sometimes gets himself into trouble. I'll I'll go with him. I do. I love I love the Bam pick. I think I maybe no maybe I, I didn't pick him last year, but I had him in the conversation. But I'll go uh, Triple J, and you're going Bam 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 getting his award there. That's right. I like it. Coach of the year. Here are your favorites. That's <laughs> <laughs> my uncle Al. <laughs> Mark Dagno. He looks like my Uncle Al. I, I, I can't. Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, man. What's up, Uncle Al? Was Uncle Al a tactician? Uh, no, he's uh, uh, he works on cars. What am I? What's the word? Mechanic? I'm That's what I'm trying to okay, say. Okay. Yes. So he's a tactician when it comes to the workings of your vehicle. <laughs> I'd love for him to point me to the correct fuse in my fuse box for my windshield washer pump because oh. I'm not getting any fluids. Oh, he would, he could, he could so fix get that. Al on the phone. He could fix that in your <laughs> sleep. Uh, so OKC head coach is the favorite, plus 650. Uh, Adrian Griffin, new head coach of the Bucks, plus 700. Spolstra, plus 800. He has never won this award. That's crazy. Never won this award. He is the Susan Lucci of Coach of the Year's. She ultimately won a daytime Emmy, didn't she? So maybe Spo will here. She did. Uh, yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah, she got yeah, it yeah. <laughs> finally. And uh, finally, <laughs> Missoula plus eight fifty, and then uh, Michael Malone plus nine hundred with the Nuggets. Over the last ten seasons, seven of the Coach of the Year award winners were returning coaches. Only three were first time uh, with their with their team. If uh, you want to take that into consideration, if that means anything to you, and seven of the last ten Coach of the Year winners had over a seven hundred win percentage. Mike Brown only had 48 wins with Sacramento last year. Tibbs, uh, with the Knicks, they finished 41 and 31. And then Mike D'Antoni was 55 and 27. That's a 67% win percentage with the Rockets. But mostly you got to be an elite team, a lot of wins. 700 in the win percentage column. Um, Where are you going with this one? I think this one is a tough one to call. I do feel like Eric Spolstra is due for this, just like Bam Adebayo. He's due for a defensive player of the year. And maybe this could be the year uh, for Coach Spo because expectations, I feel like, are pretty low for the Miami Heat yes. right now after the way uh, the summer went. I got aggregated talking about uh, <laughs> the Heat's uh, over-under and how I still think they're the third-best team. And some uh, Heat culture people just slid into my comments saying, hey, this is the wrong uh, narrative around this. That We had one bad year where we ended up in the play-in tournament. Fair enough. If they finish with a top seed in the Eastern Conference when everybody's expecting it to be the Bucks and the Celtics, then I think this is the year Eric Spolstra gets a coach of the year. Guy's already one of the top 15 coaches of all time. He just doesn't have the hardware uh, to back it up, except for, of course, the couple of championship trophies as well. But I do think my pick – I can't believe I'm going to pick this guy to win coach of the year, but Joe Mazzula is my pick. Whoa. Yeah. I don't think he's the best coach in the league. <laughs> I don't think he's the best coach in the Eastern Conference. So you think they're just going to win a ton of games? I think they're going to win a ton of games. Okay, that's and, my thinking. Yeah. Too. That's my thinking too. But in the other conference, I'm going Frank Vogel. Sure. With uh, with the Suns, obviously a new head coach taking over for Monty Williams and and that team. We talked about when we did our Western Conference over unders, how high I am and we are actually you know on the Suns probably getting over the 51 and a half mark. I think they're going to be one of those teams that maybe is even flirting with 60 wins. So for that reason, I'll go with Vogel. But yeah. Missoula, um, Spo. I mean, that's the funny part. You ask any of the other franchises, you do these surveys. I mean, Shu does it for crying out loud. Who's the best coach in the league? Everybody says Spo. Yeah. Like, didn't he? Didn't he? Like, he's like at the top of basically every coaching type question. Yeah. Defense, offense, whatever. Like, it was Spo, 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 Spo. So yeah, it's so weird. He doesn't have one of these. Uh, but maybe this is the year. Who do you got for coach of the year? I have a little trivia question for you. Okay. Can you name the three teams with no Coach of the Year winners? Three teams, no Coach of the Year winners. Yeah. 
Hornets? Uh, I think that's incorrect. <laughs> I, I will, okay. I will admit I was going off of a website for this. I didn't okay. do the research myself, but I'll, uh, but you know, now that you say it, I'm like, I'm like did they? Who? Uh, somebody okay, that's, win it? That's tough. I've got, okay. At least no three. That, uh... 76ers? No. Doc Rivers got one for Orlando Magic. Is that true? I would uh, think. Uh, I, I think one team is sort of easy because they were bad for a very, very Sacramento Kings. No, Wait, Rick no. Dealman probably won one for and, them, and Mike Brown obviously. Last oh, year. <laughs> yeah, I forgot they're good again. <laughs> yeah, last year counts in this, unfortunately. Yes. Oh boy, oh, another team that was bad for I mean, they, a year. Golden they, State Warriors? No, no. But you're in the right uh, state. Clippers. Clippers. The Clippers have uh, never had a Coach of the Year winner. Okay. And I'm fact-checking that, but it looks right. <laughs> I like your Hornets pick because I'm not seeing it now. So now you got me in. Uh, oh, oh, the Bobcats win one? Okay, throw this out. Anyway, the other teams, apparently the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Have never had a COI. Uh, and the Timberwolves. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, they that were that bad for a long sense. time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, is any of that correct? We're not really sure. I, I think the Hornets. I think you're right on the Hornets. I'm not seeing them here. I can't tell. I'm like, Steve Clifford has never won it. Did Byron Scott get one? (gasps) He did with New Orleans. New Orleans style? See, that'll do it. That'll do it. That'll do it. We're okay. We're okay. Turns out, in the end, it looks like the Wolves, the Nets, and the Clippers are potentially the only three teams to never have a COY. We got to take one more break, but we're not done. Uh uh uh. We got Clutch Player of the Year and a few made up awards that we are going to predict. We'll be right back. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I gotta cut out a bit. I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds, sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation, perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, we're back here in the Classic Factory. A few more awards to predict. Uh, we were just talking about Coach of the Year. My pick is officially Frank Vogel. You're going Joe Mazzulla with the Celtics. But I would lay a little coin, now that I think about it, on uh, Quinn Snyder and the Hawks. I like the narrative built in there. If, if they play as well as I think they will and exceed expectations as much as I actually think they will with that super low over-under line of like 42 and a Very half, low. and that was one of my locks for over. So he could be in play. Quinn Snyder, obviously a 
considered one of the best, you know, one of the better regular season coaches as well. Well, speaking of that, Skeets, I got a trivia question for you. Oh, Which is the franchise in the NBA that has the most Coach of the Year awards? Uh, yeah. Well, is it the Atlanta Hawks? It's the Atlanta Hawks. Ooh. Wow. Six times they've won Coach of the Year. Two of those, uh, though, were from their time in St. Louis. St. Louis. Richie Guerin won one, and, of course, Harry the Horse Gallatin uh, won one back in 1962-63. You said his name is Harry the Horse? Harry the Horse Gallatin. You, uh, Jokic would love to play for him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Harry the Horse. Harry Jr. the Horse Gallatin. <laughs> That's a high-quality horse. So they have six Coach of the Year winners. Six Coaches of the Year, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. All right. Quinn Snyder's going to try and make it seven. Uh, 2024, 2023-24, Clutch Player of the Year odds. Yes, there are odds on this. Bet MGM has them. Shea Gildas-Alexander and Damian Lillard are your favorites at plus 1,000. Luca plus twelve hundred, and then we got a three-way tie here for uh, fourth or third, however you want to look at it. Fox. Darren Fox, Anthony Edwards, and uh, Mr. Horseman himself, Nikola Jokic, at plus 1,400. So Fox won it last year, yeah, uh, rightfully so. He was great in the clutch. I mean, the numbers were insane. You know, had some big shots for them. They obviously had a great record. Uh, who's doing it this year? Clutch player of the year. This is hard. Hard to replicate. Uh, DeMar DeRozan would have won this if it existed during the 2021 yes. season. Yes. Uh, but he didn't win it last year. And he's not even in the top, what, one, two, three, four, five, six of the odds uh, this year. So who knows? It all literally comes down to a make-or-miss league. And that's what it's coming down to. Are you making it? Uh, so, yeah, Fox is a good bet. Uh, but one guy who has replicated this time and time again throughout his career, very high on the odds list, got to be Damian Lillard. That's my pick. Yeah. He's going to be taking a lot of game-winning shots, I do believe, for the Milwaukee Bucks, unless it's blowout mode every single night for them. But I'm going with Dame. He's got the celebration. They're calling it freak time. It'll be Dame time uh, when he is doing his thing in the final couple of minutes of a game here. Okay. Um, I like SGA or Dame as the favorites. They make sense. I'm going to go Booker. I don't even know what his odds are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess I'm really leaning into the Suns being great, him being in the MVP conversation once again. That's going to include some clutch play, some big shots. You know, he's money at the line, so if he ever gets put there, he's good. And you can rack up points like that in the clutch. I mean, SGA does that for crying out loud. So I'll go Booker, but, man, whew. Yeah. Like, it could be anyone. Like, it's like... I don't know, Mikhail Bridges, or... It could be anyone. Like, Donovan Mitchell, you know, makes sense. Or, like, I mean, you're generally going to go with a wing guy. Yes. That's why Jokic on the list, really the only the only big guy uh, in our sort of top six here, as you said. But otherwise, it's tough. Tough, tough, tough. Got to be a gotta be a wing guy. Jimmy Butler, I guess? Sure, Obviously, yeah. he's money in the clutch, at least when it comes to the postseason. Who do you got? Let us know. Any other guys you want to name on this one? You want me to just name some guys? Yeah, My guy to name was going to be Jimmy Butler. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I know John Schumann voted for Tyler Hero last year, at least in his top three. Wow. So maybe him. Okay. Uh, all right, we got to our made-up award here, Disgruntled Player of the Year. <laughs> That's right. Who is going to win Disgruntled Player of the Year? What would the trophy be for this? <laughs> Great question. Yeah. Uh, just like a – just, like yeah, just, just looking angry on the bench, like the first half of the Alonzo Morning meme, where she's just angry before he's like considerate, the angry style. Uh, who would they name this after? Because all something I forgot. Every award is named now. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, oh yeah, John Havlicek, George Mikan, disgruntled player of the year. Would they name it after Rasheed Wallace? <laughs> just for the, his general surliness the on the text. court. Yeah, so, yeah maybe. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Where are you going? Well, I made odds. Wow. <laughs> Everything else has odds. Yeah, okay. What do you got? I mean, the the favorite, obviously, is James Harden. Yeah. I got him at plus 125. Oh, wow. It might be more like minus 100, if we're being honest, Skeets. <laughs> Apparently, this guy hasn't showed up for any of their preseason games so far. Right. He's participated in one uh, scrimmage uh, with the team. So he's not causing a lot of waves, but obviously still tension under the surface. Yep. Still wants to be traded uh, to the L.A. Clippers as well. I have his teammate, Joel Embiid. Second on the disgruntled players list. Oh, boy. Plus 300, though. A little bit away <laughs> okay. from James Harden. I mean, he can't be happy with the way this is going. No. Uh, and we'll see what the return ends up being for Harden, assuming there isn't a return at some point. But he has said in the preseason, we can't waste seasons of my prime because that's a question people have been asking. Can the Sixers do this again after the way things ended with Ben Simmons? My third favorite, Carl Anthony Towns, plus 750. Okay. Everybody's expecting Anthony Edwards to take a huge step forward, despite the fact that this already feels 
like Anthony Edwards' team. How far into the background will Carl Anthony Towns want to recede? This used to be Carl Anthony Towns' team. He stole it from Andrew Wiggins uh, back in the day. So I don't know how much further he wants to go down on um, the reputation chart in Minnesota. Right. My fourth favorite, Kyrie Irving. Plus 1,000. I mean... Just who knows? He's always literally in the, just always in the mix. He's got to be Never in the know. mix. And then my plus twenty five hundreds. I got five guys: Zion Williamson, Trey Young, Julius Randall, Pascal Siakam, and Luka Doncic. Oh, I was gonna say, where's Luka? That's yeah, my pick yeah, yeah. to win Disgruntled Player of the Year. That's a that's a good one. He's gonna be a grumpy guy, um, yeah. but I don't think he'll be disgruntled enough to be like, I'm out of Dallas. Okay, but he could definitely be disgruntled. I mean, if they have another yeah. shitty season, you yeah. said in B talking about, hey, you're wasting. You know, my prime years here to sure. win championships and stuff like that. I'm just saying, if Dallas has a brutal year here, you're going to hear, I mean, look, you know your ESPNs and all of your talk shows or talking head shows are going to run with yes. save Luca, get Luca out. You know that'll that's happen. Um, so that's why I'll have him. And he's like, uh, you know, he's always complaining with the referees too. He's got that reputation. Oh, yeah. That's like a small yes. part of disgruntled player of the year. Okay, so great odds. Who Who's your pick? Somebody is going to be angry during the season. Yeah. I mean, ever, Harden is the easy pick. He's currently disgruntled. Okay, say take Harden away. Taking Harden Who off the board. Who of all these like stars is going to be the one probably, I guess you're sort of getting at, get me out of here or I'm pissed off and maybe demanding a trade. <sighs> Give me Julius Randle. Whoa! I don't know why. Oh, wow! <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, man! I don't know. He had a great season. Then he was giving the fans the thumbs down. Then he was having a great season. So if he goes back on the roller coaster, oh. uh, it could go poorly for the Knicks. Okay. Uh, the team seems to have grown past him. Yes. Uh, and yeah. he will be a guy that's included in any sort of trade rumors uh, if somebody does become available. So I don't know. I, I don't feel too com- confident in that one, but he made my list. All right. I'm going to go with Luca. Luca, okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, get your votes in. Uh, people saying, Randall, good call. Um, but we will see. who Who's going to really be the, yeah, the quote-unquote star player? Maybe saying, save me, get me out of here. I'm tired of this bullshit. I'm tired of losing. Yeah, or stop making me the scapegoat. Like, I guess yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's where you'd maybe leaning towards a Randall pick, too. Uh, if, they, if they struggle, I don't think they are. All right, still with the asks, who's most gruntled? <laughs> most gruntled? The most gruntled. As in, as in, who's just the happiest? Yeah. Hmm. Who's the happiest? With I mean, Giannis has to be pretty happy with that. What, would be my choice. I mean, he, yeah. He he played his disgruntled card. He played it perfectly. It appears. That's a great call to get Dame. Who else is good? Uh, Devin Booker, I feel like should uh. be gruntled. <laughs> okay. He literally said, "I'm gonna bring a super team to me," and he did it. Yeah. But he carries himself with a disgruntled air in general. I think, you know, like yeah. he's always getting into trash talking battles with other players. Yeah. And then and then Jimmy Butler's a fascinating guy. He seems disgruntled, but I think he's perfectly content yeah, with his role in Miami and where they are and he always wants to be the underdog and, and, and doubt me at your at your own cost. Hmm. All right. Love, who's the most gruntled? <laughs> uh, comeback player of the year is our final award here on our NBA awards predictions podcast. There's a lot of guys in the running. I, I think Ben Simmons obviously is probably if you were making, did you make odds for this one as well? I didn't make okay. odds for this one. Well, Ben Simmons would be on the short list. Zion Williamson, I guess maybe John Collins, maybe someone He's else. probably gruntled as well. He seems pretty gruntled. You think John Collins, he's now gruntled. that he's out of Atlanta yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and with gruntled. Utah, he's probably very gruntled. Um, who do you have for comeback player of the year? This yeah. used to be an award, by the way. This used to be a real Back award. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in seeing the Jordan Poole experiment in Washington. Okay. Uh, he played last season, obviously, so uh, you know, not a comeback in that sense, but that guy's going to have the greenest light in the entire NBA. Uh, so he could score a lot of points, I do believe. But my ultimate pick for comeback player of the year... I don't know if this counts, Skeets, but I'm going with Andrew Wiggins. Wow. He played 37 games last year. Yeah. Uh, he had off-the-court family concerns for a long time. He just never really got into the flow of things. He's been talking a good game in the preseason uh, about getting back to all-star status. He was obviously great for the Warriors in the finals against the Celtics a couple of seasons ago. He can be that kind of player. He can be a 20-point-per-game scorer. And, you know, the Warriors need some of their younger players to be productive 
around uh, their vets who have been there for a long, long time. So I think uh, Wiggins probably has a small ball four, at least to start the season. Yep. Should be a pretty productive player, and I think he's good. I just think he is a good, solid player who's going to have a little bit of an opportunity in Golden State because they need somebody to be their wing stopper, their wing scorer. Uh, I think I've been thinking after we did our our two over under podcasts and we talked about the Warriors and just in general, like listening to other podcasts, reading other things. I'm like convincing myself and talking myself into the Warriors having like a huge sort of bounce back season because they are being like. I don't know if overlooked is the right word, but it's like they're like they're like the old thing and everybody's into the new shiny toys. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, they obviously like Steph Curry we didn't even bring up in the MVP conversation. Like yeah. we didn't yeah, even yeah. mention his name. Andrew Wiggins, obviously, like you said, missed a lot of time bouncing back. Clay Thompson, you know, in a contract year, uh, what what will we see from him? You know, Draymond's injured to start, but you know he's gonna be still an elite defensive player. Then Kaminga, Moody, could those guys pop off? It's like they could use all of this now that Poole is gone too and all, and that distraction is uh, removed from the equation. They could use all of this sort of uh, a, as like fuel. Like as like, oh, you forgot about us. Like you've moved on yep, and you just definitely. don't think we're good anymore. And I'm, I don't know. I'm starting to convince myself that ooh, that could be a, a mistake. Okay, I, lo- I like the Andrew Wiggins pick. What about comeback player of the year for Tyler Hero? <laughs> he played last year. He was really, really good. Sure. In the regular season, he scored 20 points per game, five, you know, basically five and a half boards, four assists, shot 44% from the floor, 38% from three. But then he sustained that broken hand in game one against the Bucks, and it sidelined him for the rest of the postseason, and his team goes to the finals, uh, you know, miraculously, without him. And then this guy's in, in Damian Lillard trade rumors for three months. Yep. And now here he is, still on Miami, and and we'll see how he like you know recovers from that. Uh, both the hand injury and then of course just this idea of like he was traded and gone. Uh, you know he had changed the the Twitter bio and everything. <laughs> but he is uh, like we debated it for months about whether Portland should want him or another team getting in on him or whatever. And oh, he's overrated. He's paid too much. And then people saying, are you kidding me? He's really good. And like, we went on and on and on. I think he is really good. He's still quite young and he is a bucket. So maybe him for a weird comeback player of the year. Six man of the year. Not too long ago. <laughs> one season ago. Uh, <laughs> and like you're saying, yeah. he scored 20 a game uh, last year. But yeah, I mean, the playoffs loom so large in everybody's memory that, it could be a comeback player of the year for yeah. Tyler Hero. I mean, he put on a headband and things have changed. Oh, you know? yes. I forgot about I that. I love when guys change up their swag like that. Headband. Worked for Kevin Herter, right? Like, he was, <laughs> he was fine on the Hawks. He was coming <laughs> off the bench. They trade him to the Kings, throws on a headband, and suddenly they're lighting the beam every single night. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, headband hero as a possibility. But if I think I have to pick, 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 I got to keep running with my uh, Ben Simmons uh, angle here. You know, I got to say, Ben, he's going to be... A competent player. I mean, he's this guy's in GQ, I think, or Esquire. I don't know. You see this photo shoot, and he's saying he's gonna. He wants to get back to an All Star level. He wants to be better than an All Star. I mean, he's saying all the things you want to hear. Nice. He's looking all right in preseason. And man, the guy like the his stock was at an all time low. His like, stock it, is quite so low. So if you bought at the bottom, you might be uh, you know cashing in a little bit. I'm on Ben Simmons Island. I'm not the mayor like the guy with the tattoo, <laughs> who we bow down to. Uh, but you know, I'm I don't know, I'm treasury or something. I'm I'm, 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 I'm helping out in front office. I didn't even know that there was a tattoo parlor on Ben Simmons <laughs> yes, Island, yes. but it's great to see that the business district is exploding. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm happy for you as the treasurer. You must be thrilled that these businesses are <laughs> yes, setting up I am. shop. I am. And, and people are coming. They're slowly making their way to the island. So I'll go Ben Simmons as my pick. Tyler Hero, I guess, as my dark horse. Comeback player of the year. Let's hear from you guys, though, in the stream team. Let's hear from everybody listening to the podcast. Tweet at us, at NoDunksInc. And uh, if you want, you can leave them in the YouTube comments as well, which a lot of you do. Call your shots. Make your predictions. Uh, anything else before we wrap up today's No Dunks? I don't think I got anything else. I'm excited uh, to watch some basketball starting here pretty soon. It's getting very, very close. We'll have a few more sort of season preview type shows uh, Thursday and Friday. Also tomorrow, we have a new No Buffs podcast. That's our Survivor podcast. It has its own feed. So if you're a Survivor fan, and if you're not, great time to get in. Join us then. Uh, I also did a baseball show this morning with my guy Joel in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. It's available at the Athletic Baseball Show, both on YouTube and their podcast feed. World Series Destiny. That was the question. Is it Phillies, Rangers? They're both up 2-0. I mean, we've had sweep after sweep after sweep in this postseason. 
Uh, looks like we're going to have these teams, possibly, in the World Series. Any thoughts? Those Phillies are hot right they now. They are. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. It's it's wild. That crowd is amazing. They seem unbeatable at home. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Rangers are unbeatable on the road. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what a showdown we may have. The Rangers are undefeated in the postseason, and nobody's talking about it. <laughs> I made that point on no one. They're 7-0. Hey, I didn't know that. <laughs> See? I didn't know that at all. It's great. What's really wild, this will blow your mind, if it is the Rangers and the Phillies in the World Series, the Rangers will have home field advantage. Well, Phillies, yeah, they got hot in the second half of the season, they, but I know the Rangers were pretty good. They both won 90 games in the regular season, but the Rangers get this. The Rangers beat them in their, in their head-to-head series. March. In March. March. The first series, March 30th, <laughs> early April. The Rangers, I believe, swept the Phillies, so they have the head-to-head advantage, so they would have home field advantage in the, in the World Series. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that is really weird. Yeah. Every yeah. game matters. There you go. That's why you got to listen to No But. So check that out. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we will probably uh, slip into tomorrow's show the trade that happened. That was the Rockets trading Kevin Porter Jr. to the Thunder and then OKC immediately waving him. A lot of people have opinions on this, uh, so we'll probably get that into tomorrow's show live at 10 a.m. Eastern here from the Classic Factory. Thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, there are four players on the NBA's Mount Horsemore. <laughs> Biggest horse lovers in NBA history, of course. Harry the Horse Gallatin. Yes. Dan the Horse Issel. Yes. Nikola Jokic. Jokic. And Kevin Durant. Brace the day, people.